Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Off we go again. <clears throat> um, we've got a bit of a queue. We've got we've got Shreevan, we've got Fade, and we've got Thurston. Can we start with who's nearest? Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Inquiring of self again. So that's the way things were revealed last time. So, good afternoon, self. Good afternoon, <laughs> self. <laughs> and it echoes back. Self helps first. Self helps. We're yes. looking for self help. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if someone had asked, this character a couple of days ago, first night, whatever. What, you know, what I was here for, I would have said wisdom. Because it was very beautiful on the first night. It was wisdom about what I think is turning the teaching about love around. Um, very often in the past, teaching the way I heard it was, you know, you know somebody mentioned the word Mumakshutva. You always, the love had to come from you, the character, the interest, to the self. And if, if it didn't, if you weren't always desiring with that Mumakshutva all the time, 24-7, then there was, you know, you weren't going to awaken, you weren't going to realize, you, you were less than perfect, you were somehow unworthy of that awakening. And that's just what I'm getting now, that that delays, yes. it denies. Keeps the seeker alive. Exactly. So, when the self so beautifully finally turned that around, like the other night, and said, you know, it's all about not love from outside in, but love from inside out, and there's that connection, and it's natural. Um, it's not that this body-mind hasn't felt that, but that was kind of denied. And just as an aside, uh, I'm the second old man who is having the heart opening. Um, in the same way that Steve yes. was describing, those, all those little moments. Just tears for no reason? Yes, almost for no reason. I'm okay. watching television, watching a movie, yes. uh, or being, at, a being at work, or um, mm. you know, even watching a sporting event or something. Yes. Uh, but you know, this old man doesn't, sh you know, doesn't show it to Mukti, doesn't show it to anybody else, because yes. it's not magical. Yes. But it's there. But it's there. That's just this, uh, that's kind of a prelude to what was happening this morning. Okay. Not, seek, not here to seek wisdom from self right now. If you ask me this morning, and I'm not as angry as I was this morning, but seeking courage from self. And I was wondering as I was coming here, 
how are we ever going to segue into some of the unresolved things that self through Jack and through somebody else who's also here revealed some things last July very powerfully to everybody yes um, so the segue is here it came okay I don't know you know I don't know if I should apologize because no. I'm, I'm bringing other people into this but it's okay so here, here I am here we are it's okay this is the courage this is it okay you name it because there were some things that there was so, so much going on that we didn't get to everything. Was, That's true. Okay. That's true. We didn't get to it. One of the things was what was seen by uh, self through a couple of different um, channels yes. was the wounded warrior with a, a harpoon, a, sh a, a sh spear or something in his back. It's something to do with lineage. Okay. Just, I'm just, if you yes. don't remember, if, I, if I'm misstating no, myself. Keep rolling it out. Okay. This is what, okay. So, uh, and an astrologer had told me something about that a long time ago. And our friend Helen, did something very recently. And she said, oh, about, yes, this is a life of spiritual growth through being the wounded warrior. Boom. Okay. So instead of letting this fester, today, here, that energy In this satsang, this character's interpretation is that energy has returned in, in the guise of a person, as a human being in this room has brought it back. Okay, gosh. Okay. So then here's the segue. I, I can't escape it. It's here. Good. The self brought me to this satsang and brought... Yes. And I just, that, that energy, I mean, I never, you know, I asked you about, is this a matter of forgiveness? And you said no. But now I feel like, I want revenge. Okay. I want to say, st stop injuring me in the back. All right. Stop stabbing me in the back. Okay. Come on, right here. Okay. Let's do it. All right. All right. Because that is here now. Good. I see spiritual arrogance. Yes. You've seen it in me. Sure. Years ago. Yes. I see spiritual arrogance here. I see spiritual materialism here. I see false truth here. Okay. It's been presented to me here now. And I, it's like, God, why, why do I have to? It's like I want to, you know, it's, this is sacred. I know every place is sacred. But this is a sacred place, and I'm saying, I'm pissed. Yes. Damn it. Okay. Good. I'm pissed. Good. So, I couldn't let it just sit here and, and, and leave and say, well, maybe I'm wrong about that. 
You have to honor the character. You have to, for closure on this. You have to. You have to follow this. Am I being clear that I think someone else has brought this here? Y yes, for me to, it to has been rigged like that. Yes, okay. You know what I'm talking about. Self knows what I'm... You did it, self. If this is a play of consciousness... Yes. If consciousness is enjoying it, yes. this character is not. Yet. But this character is now saying, bring it on. All right. Right. No more of this behind my back bullshit. Okay. Okay. So perhaps that opposing energy doesn't have the courage to go at you from the front. Yes, I understand. But it's almost like it's, in little ways, it's attacking me right here. Yes. What are you going to do? I don't know. We're in silence. We're in social silence. I don't know. I don't know where I let the anger out other than here. Maybe I do. Yeah. Maybe I do. Yeah. I do. Yes. Yes. Let's just turn off every recording device. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I just had deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Shoot on. Okay, perfect. Thanks. Hi. Hi, how are you? Great. Nice to see you at Satsang. <laughs> Okay, um, depressed people um, uh, have depression because of their negative self-dialogue and they're caught up in that vicious cycle where they don't experience any kind of joy. So how can they pull themselves out of this or somebody who's close to them help uh, pull them out from this situation? Okay, where are you in that? Um, I am... It, it's a relative. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And who, who... Yes. Okay. Do they want to get better? I don't know. But I've seen them joyful earlier. So, so it hurts me to see them sad. It hurts you. This is where we go. Uh -huh. Right. It hurts you. Right. So if they get better, you'll feel better. Right. Because, okay, so this is really about you. Right. You see? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So then we've got to look at maybe the world is okay as it is. And if we are to, in some way, change the world, it has to come, has to come from the deepest part, from divine will, not from the personal will, because if you're better, I'll feel better. That's a personal agenda, and in a way, it kind of interferes with the natural order of things, because it's desire-driven, 
So really you want yourself to feel better. That's really what's going on. Mm-hmm. So for you to drop the desire and then see if the movement is there to help them or, or else the wisdom will be there. Gosh, no, I, 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 I'm not into fear. I'm not, I'm not to do anything for a while or not at all, or, gosh, I, 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 think, I, think, I think I'm going to take them for a walk today. Huh. Let it come from another place. Mm-hmm. Every move that comes through you must be divine will. And right. this is personal will. Do you see? Yes. All the personal will in the world will not move their depression. It might go for a while, it'll come back. <clears throat> right, right. Divine will lines up with divine will to make change happen. Right. But personal will, it usually just adds more pain to a situation. So can you just pray for them? You could. You could also pray for yourself. To be directed if, 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 if that's the divine will. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a few classic things that happen with people with depression, you know? And, and what, it, what it fundamentally is, is that it's like 100% ego. Because everything is about me. Every thought is like, if a depressed person, you know, meets somebody, it's, it's what they thought of me or how I appeared in front of them. It's all about me. There's no space for anything outside because the ego is 100% full-on playing. You see? Mm-hmm. And for some, that's a huge point of transformation because it can't get any deeper, you know? And somebody used the phrase, where, the phrase once that being depressed gives deep rest, which is kind of nice because it's like the bottom of the barrel, you know, and th- there's no place else to go. So the futility of being all about me, the futility of it can show itself. Self-love cures it, that's for sure. For sure. Self-love is hugely potent. Because the, the neediness of the ego is full on. Because it feels shame, guilt, whatever, whatever are the, the real potent uh, energies that, that make depression so thick and painful. If there, if there is some break in the neediness of the ego and it becomes a little bit more self-sufficient somehow there is space for other there's just space for somebody else and and what they're saying isn't referred back to what I think of what they're saying or what they're saying about me and what I imagine they're saying about me you know the self-referencing slows down so that neediness can definitely be helped if one wants to just spend time with them for the sake of themselves, not to help them, change them, fix them, judge them, but just wanting to be with somebody and accepting them exactly as they are. Divine will can do that. How can they destroy the ego and, you know, have that... How can one destroy the ego then? Ah, that's grace. Then, that's grace. Oh, that's grace. That's grace. Yeah of just kind of it, it just a realization coming through it or a seeing happening because of it mm. that's grace okay you know it happens like that for some it's the minority for sure 
and some pe other people just have to crawl out of the hole, you know, step by step. But sure, it comes from not managing our thinking, for sure, not knowing how to use the mind in the first place, you know. But if the person is, is accepted and loved for who they are, something begins to soften. If there's total acceptance, because they're rejecting themselves, and that rejection is making the ego be all about me. And when they're just spending time with them, regardless, just regardless, just because, just because they are who they are, however that manifests. So having total acceptance and not trying to fix it, that's potent. But you've got to do that without the desire. I'm going to do that because that's the desireless way of doing it. It's like, uh, 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 uh. You can't play tricks with yourself. Do you mm -hmm. see? So the divine might be that you pull back and the divine might be that, that you spend time with them. But if you're spending time with them, it will not be to change them. It will just be loving and accepting in your presence with them. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's amazing all the things that, that, that we believe are the right thing to do for somebody else, that it will help somebody else. And really, it's our own ego that we're fattening. It's amazing the amount of things that happen in the world because of that. And some, some good happens with it, and some yucky stuff happens with it, and it just adds to the, the mix of, of life's events out there. You know, and we don't see that doing good, if it's motivated, you know, by any desire within us, by anything that where we get to gain, it's conditional. We're really looking after ourselves. And the world can do without that action. Yeah, but it's, it's okay to keep in touch with them, right? To make sure, like, they're not... Sliding completely down, right? Everything, everything is possible. You see, you, you might be taking them for a walk every single day in the next two weeks. Or you might be completely ignoring them. Or there might be just a phone call on next Monday. You don't know. But you've got to listen inside to see, okay, that's my desire. Okay, if I don't follow my desire, is there a move to pick up the phone anyway? Is there a move? And listen to that and honor it. Have the courage to follow that one. It means... I hear my desire and I'm not following it. Drop deeper and see what the action is. And it might be the same as the desire and it might not. That's really useful. And from there you'll know what to do. And it's not because it's right. It's just that it's because it's the natural movement. It's not manipulated by your own mind. So there's no right or wrong in that. Do you see? So as long as you're thinking, is it right to do this? It's like, oops, you've gone into your mind again. Drop in and listen. What's the natural movement? And it might be, I'm going to sit here at the half an hour until I, or an hour, until I feel what's the right movement here. Is it to contact them or is it not? It's a great thing to do. And then you will be lined up with their highest good. Does that make sense? Yes. Great. Yeah. Uh, if I'm busy, then I said, well... I got to do what I have to do right now, and then afterwards I'll contact them. Ah, <laughs> I see. You, you know that's the ego yeah. too. Yeah, that's the mind too. Oh, that's the ego too. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Yes. But sometimes you have to do things, right? Or not. Yes. Just let it go. 
Yes, let it go. Mm. If you're bringing in, well, I can't do it now because I'm doing this. There's a little relief in that because you're kind of off the hook. Mm -hmm. That's a sign of trouble. Okay. You're kind of playing games, you know. Well, I can't do it. It's just not happening because therefore it must be fine because there's no space, you see. So you're trying to make yourself feel better again. Right. You see? Yeah. We've got to step out of that way of thinking altogether. Correct. And so what needs to be done, whether it's your work or whether it's contacting the person, both are movements that come from within. Both are. The divine will make you show up at work at the right time every day. It really will. It really will. Without it being the right thing to do or what's expected of you. The mind will superimpose these ideas on top of divine will. And sometimes, even though you take away your desire, the very same thing is going to happen. Because the divine will was moving along, but we listen to our mind with such giving it such authority that here we are on top of it. Maybe they're lining up the same, but we're listening to this. And if this got out of the way, we might end up doing the very same thing. That's really good to discover. Make sense? Right, right, right. It's, it's difficult to be aware of the divine will. <laughs> Is it? Sometimes, yes, but not all the time. Yeah. Is there a lot of shoulds going on in your mind then? Yes. Yes, they're usually the ones that are louder than divine will. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sense of duty, responsibility, expectations, all of these things have to be seen for what they are. Mm. Just, it's just the mind just grabbing a set of rules, trying to protect itself and trying to make the ego survive and... and has to go at some point. Huh? It has to go. Because there's no freedom in that. Right, right. right. No freedom in that. No. Yeah, you're right. There's no freedom in that. Uh uh-uh. So it might be an interesting thing to do. When there's a should, disobey it. And if the world falls apart, so what? Great. See what happens then. Do you know? You feel lighter. I've done that uh, ah, sometimes. Yes. It just feels good. <laughs> yes. I mean, eventually I do the task, whatever was supposed to be done, but just kind of let it slide for a little while and uh-huh. it feels good. Uh-huh. <coughs> and it gets done anyway. <laughs> Whenever. Whenever. Yeah. So, so why, why do you pick up the shoulds again? You've done it for a while, but why are you back to shoulds again? Why do you just give yourself a holiday from the shoulds? Um, yeah, it's hard to do that. <laughs> why? What do the shoulds give you? What's the big reward that you get from following shoulds? I guess you feel good that you're following the program. Because hmm. <laughs> so we're all programmed people, right? Right from the childhood. I mean, have to go to school, have to do this, have to do that. It's a lot of programming. It is, but the only one keeping it alive is yourself. Right. You're an adult for a while now. That's true. So, so there's freedom when there's no shoulds, but yet you're choosing the program. 
Right, right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You try the... Might take a bit of courage. Yes. And, you know, being okay with the fallout. But when we do kind of what appears to be drastic at the outset, it usually isn't drastic. That's the first thing. <clears throat> but the most important thing is, like, there's, there's usually a few pivotal points in our lives where you're, you've got to decide, am I following the way of the world or the way of God or my spirituality, whatever you want to call it? Which, which, which one is my master? God or the programming of the world? It's actually one of those pivotal points. You've a taste of the freedom, but you're going back to the ways of the world. You're right. That, that needs a lot of courage too. Yes, then you pray for courage. Right. If you don't have it, you pray for courage. It's a great one that comes in with prayer. For sure it comes in with prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. Here's the man who's picking up the follow. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to forget. So yes, yes. I'll make notes. Yes, do it. Thanks. No problem. Yeah, okay. Yes. Great. I wanted to first start with the theoretical kind of mm. perspective. One is you talked about uh, different zones. Yes. The zone of phenomenal world and there's the intermediate zone of I am state, yes. which you have often called as a gateway or outpost of divinity. And then there's a third say absolute, if you want to call that, or yes. your conscience, right? So, but in fact... And then prior, really, prior, prior, but yes. prior to that, okay. Mm. So prior to, so absolute is that, do you divide that into two, like uh, the Buddhists call it emptiness or shunyata, and then, but there is one more step to that, beyond that. Shunyata suggests nothingness, but there's a step beyond, which is what you described earlier, that that native state has spontaneous, unconditional love, for example, or bliss. Shunyata doesn't connote that. So is there like a state prior to emptiness, which is that Satchitananda state, what we call, or knowledge, bliss, existence? No, these are before. These are before it. Okay, some people hit emptiness. Okay, so I'll just go back before emptiness. So we've got the absolute, and the absolute really is the non-dual state. That's where Madam Harshi points to, that, that state. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's non-dual. The, the I without the second. Mm-hmm. Okay. From there, the identifying with the absolute breaks down. Okay? There's an identification with the absolute. It's like you are the absolute, you're all of it. Mm-hmm. You know this language, it's a non-duality? Yeah. That has to break. And from there it starts to get empty. The heart has to empty. That's the one thing that has to happen after that. The heart has to get empty. You, the emotional body must be clear. Love flows. There's no blockage around love. So there's always that sense of, I don't know, ease. The experiences that happen around there are sat-chit-ananda. They're experiences that pass through. So as, as we get empty, existence itself is seen 
to be just another concept. It's the enabling, it's the concept that enables reality to appear, to exist or not exist. You see? So as we move back, we, you go prior to Satchitananda. And I know there's scriptures that say, no, there's no prior, but actually there is. If you, you know, if you go to other scriptures that are more subtle, more profound, of course, it's there. So prior to the Satchitananda, you're looking at going prior to consciousness now, obviously. Here, words fail a little bit. I can say what the criteria are. All identification, even with the absolute, goes. We're into a non-conceptual, so we're probably into the Brahman zone. That would, that would be the non-conceptual idea of God. The experiences that, that happen when total emptiness comes out, Satchit Ananda, the, the, the dissolving of those the dissolving of those, because they're experiential. They're too deep into consciousness. Now we go prior to consciousness. Yeah. But in reality, there are not these zones, right? Everything, mm. and, but the world, as we perceive it this morning, you address that, is through our perceptual mind. If we don't have perceptual mind, like in deep sleep, there's no world, right? So the world only exists through us. So the world is within us. We are not in the world, right? So Phenomenally, you're in the world, but the world is within you is, would be the absolute perspective. That would be the non-dual perspective. Yeah, but I mean, so is the world real or is it real? Is it false as a world, but real as Brahman? What is the world? The world doesn't exist at all. It, it, it's real. It's not real. It exists as Brahman and goes back to Brahman. Prior to all of that, anything that's nameable, it never happened. It actually could never have happened. There's, this, there's a, a zone. I don't know why I'm using this terminology zone, but I am at the moment. I'm sure I'll have something different to say in another month, but this is how it goes. So the zone that is prior to what I'm talking about, there you see that consciousness could never actually have happened. That it, it was a dream within a dream. It dreamed itself. And it absolutely has no, no reality at all. So there, where's Brahman? Where's the world as Brahman? So there's a zone of where it isn't at all and could never have happened. And that's kind of weird when it shows itself. But it does show itself within the movie to be actually valid. So I think one reference you have made is that the world, as we perceive it, is actually a daydream. We're having a daydream. Sure. This conversation is a daydream. It doesn't really exist. No, it doesn't really exist. And if you are in sleep, this conversation will disappear. But or a dream state will disappear. So all those three states, the dream, the daydream, and the deep sleep, being transient, yes. are not real. So yes. what you're saying is there is an undercurrent of a state on which these states are built, right? Is that the state we're calling about prior to, prior to, which is... We call calling it pure consciousness, maybe, in which there is no drama, there's nothing uh -huh. happened. Is that the so-called ajatavad? I mean, they're one of the theories that this thing never happened. Yes, the there is a kid. place where it shows you that it never happens. That is a point of perception. Okay, so you have to be there to know that. So yes. it's like changing. Well, the it has to show itself to you. Yeah, to itself, reveal it itself. It has to reveal and itself. And there's no way to get to it. It's it's grace that will pull you in it. We, we, we call it grace because grace is a very useful concept in order to stop the desires and to stop the grasping, stop the goal setting that the mind does. But 
the more we empty out, of course it'll have to show itself because if there's nothing going on, you know, the deeper layers show themselves because we're still enough to see what's at the bottom. Right. So, you know, the philosophy, the Buddhist philosophy of suffering is real, you know, impermanence is real, and ignorance. Those are all attributable to this zone of phenomenal world. Yeah, sure. They're There's real not, in the phenomenal world. They do not world. apply, obviously, to... No. The rules are different in that game. That That's game. right. Okay. That's right. What appears as real is different from different points of perception. And thankfully, that's what we can do. We can observe something and, whoa, then it looks quite different. And we step back and, gosh, it's shifted again in its perception. And that's what we do, isn't it? We try to, like, pull our feet out of one zone of perception, you know, and, and drag ourselves back, and it gets finer and finer the clearer we become. Mm -hmm. So now comes the real test, meaning how to live in the world with all this background of knowledge, right? So you've been recommending some techniques. You said to, this, to take care of... Um, yuck or muck. You can do two ways. You can get your hands dirty or you can withdraw, elevate yourself to expand yeah. your zone and it'll probably melt. Yes. Obviously the latter is a more preferred approach. Uh, only if you don't want to get your hands dirty. But can you solve the problems that cause the problems are new with the thinking? Can thinking solve itself? It, it can do it can't get you out, but it can unlock you from Maya. But it can't get you out of Maya, but it can unlock you. The mind can't get, get itself out of the mind, but by seeing that what the mind presents is not real, now it's loose. Now it's loose. So We can do that with the mind. The analysis has to cease at a certain point. You can overanalyze anything yes. to try to get out of it, right? Yes, but you need the wisdom to know when you step back or when you need to unravel. That's, that's wisdom. You've got to learn that yourself. It's like, you know what? This, this Stepping back isn't doing this. I'm, this thing is issue, this loop in my head is hovering for the last three years and all the stepping back in the world isn't dealing with it. Well, then you go into it and explore it. Do you know? That, then, it's, then you're learning to discern what, what do I need to unravel or what, what will dissolve from expansion. It's usually a mixture of both. Mm. But, I mean, one of the best techniques, I mean, it's an Ashtavakar Gita, actually, it said that you really, only a fool tries to deal with the problems of the world with the mental aspects. This wise one, the wise one resorts to the self. So, and I, uh, the problem created at one level cannot be solved at that level. You've got to translate to a different level. It's not an absolute law. Okay. It's not an absolute law. I'd love to say it is, because then, oh, we can just... Do you know, just step back. And you know what it does? It denies, it suppresses. I've seen too much of it. There's no way that stepping back will dissolve everything at the thick identification of it. It doesn't work. Okay. It doesn't work. There's so no what is the technique of dealing with on a phenomenal world, a problem? You know, suppose you're having problems with colleagues or whatever, relationship problems with friends or whatever have you. It's more about the problems of loops in your head. It's not about the day-to-day -day things. It's the stuff that goes around in your head. That's the problem. That's what we have to deal with. That's getting our hands dirty. Right. You see? Right. So then two approaches. Then we can surrender, approaching to whoever your guru is and uh -huh. requesting uh -huh. him or her to carry the load. Uh -huh. like, 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 like Bhagavan said that if you're in a train, why are you carrying the load? Yes, yes. Put it on the train. You know, train yes. to carry it. Yes. And the second one is Atma Vichara. Is that... 
pretty much boils down to those two approaches to, to break the loop? Yes, to break the loop. To break the loop. Because, you know, neurology has fires. And it, if you keep running the same loop, the same desire, the same behavior, the same, let's say it's judgment of somebody or something, and it's keeping in separation, you're just, it's a piece of neurology. What are you going to do? I mean, keep going back? No, just like set up another piece of neurology in, in its place. And it, plastic, your brain is plastic. It's going to heal over the piece. You know, it's like, so there's, we've got more than one way of dealing with it, thankfully. Yeah, yeah we have. Okay. This morning you talked about withdrawing and widening your lens. Yes. Going more prior. Yes. But really, honestly, it's you can only all you can do is go to the I am state or the witness state. Beyond that, obviously, it's not up to you to go there. It's up to whatever the powers may be to pull you out or to open the door. All you can do is make yourself empty. Or like like Ramakrishna said. Your part is empty, uh, turned upside down. How can the grace flow? Turn it in the right direction, the grace will flow. Is that so? When you're giving that exercise, all I, you can I, I do is go to that point I of I amness. I wouldn't can... limit it to that. The mind, the, the mind that the regular mind, thinking mind, working mind, cumulatively, can go to the I am, sure. You, as pure consciousness, can go as far as pure consciousness. You can feel the difference of actually the mind can't go here. You can feel if if you if if you've had that glimpse that gosh, I'm pure consciousness. That's what I am. I'm not the body mind at all. I'm pure consciousness manifesting as this. If you've seen that, then the identification with pure consciousness. You can go there at the will of pure consciousness. You as pure consciousness can go there, for sure. You see. So you as the identified can go to the I am. You as pure consciousness, if that has opened for you, yes, absolutely. You can at will go back here. But it's the will of divine consciousness. If your mind is trying to do it, it won't work. Your mind can't go there. You'll just be caught up in story. Am I getting it now? It's like, for God's sake, would you forget it? Do you know? Mm -hmm. You see? Do you see the difference? So the way to get the mind out of the way is so that the divine flow will occur or it cannot be done. Because again, it will be mind who will be doing it. That's right. And mind, per se, cannot get the mind out of the way. So has there been a glimpse for you of what is prior to the mind? Yes. Do you have a way to follow that path that was opened for you? Perhaps. That's... I'm experimenting with different paths. But... Okay. <clears throat> if, if, when, when... When you get a big glimpse of impure consciousness, if it's just a drop in the ocean, then you'll have no way, nothing, nothing, I have no idea what caused it, I have no, no clue at all what got there. But if it was, because you were saying in a mantra, you were in a specific place, you, whatever, if you can find any criteria that helped, revisit it. Revisit it often. Because something shifts. It's like there's a pathway to where your perception goes into something that is prior to mind. Keep walking that path or it'll grow over so fast. It'll be like, I had that experience once and I just have to wait for grace again. <laughs> it's very wise to keep walking to the path of where you found nectar. Keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Uh... You talk about 
the importance of self-love and capacity. And it seems paradoxical to me, because if, to me, it seems like you're emboldening the character. Does it? Right, because what are you loving yourself for? You're not the BMI. So that the ego doesn't get needy. If the ego is not needy, its volume goes down and it's not sticky anymore and identification stops. Well, isn't that narcissistic? Almost on its own, that explains That'll keep the, the seeker alive. That'll keep the seeker alive if you see it's narcissistic. So all of it is narcissistic then, because it's all about me attaining it a self-realization, if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all narcissistic. So, so what is self-love? I mean, what is so, what is, why is it so important? Because... But on the other hand, I mean, in some sense, I've said that you should have humility, tolerance, and respect for others. Yes. And you really should cherish others. There's yes. a famous Buddhist philosopher, Shantideva, and said, that is the cause of all happiness. And self-cherishing is the cause of all misery. Okay. It's a radical statement, but... Okay, so, so, so statements like that are for the masses. That's religion, and it speaks to the masses. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm at a narrow level of the funnel here. I'm not interested in the masses. If I was, I'd make a fortune. It'd be great. Everything I'd say and do would be a bestseller. It ain't like that. Because, because I'm working with those who are... you got a nice steering wheel. I have a lovely steering wheel. <laughs> And nice textures, you know. <laughs> yes, do you know? So <laughs> there we go. So so certain teachings are for the masses to move to move people en masse, but the subtleties are full of paradoxes. And you need the wisdom to be able to discern what's relevant where. So so Yes, the, you know, in order for people to be organized and to have some guidelines of how to live well and how to learn how to live, it's great to have compassion and put others before you. It's great. You've got Mother Teresa, you know, who was a total mess. Yeah. But she did phenomenal work, but she was a total mess. You know, she was doing everything because she was totally motivated by guilt. Do you know? She was a pain in the ass to live with, you know? Okay, she did great work. Something was moving through her. But herself, spiritually, forget it. I mean, she's got to start at the start, you know. She's nothing done at all. Even though there was a lifetime of of incredible, phenomenal change. It's very unusual. But spiritually, gosh, she's at the start. You know, didn't even know how to process guilt, you know. It was deep in separation between her and God. Always looking for brownie points from God. See? But she was asking, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. How rooted in duality is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like a parent, you know? Why have you forsaken me? It's like. Because she wasn't finding the Satchitananda. She wasn't, but it was all about me. Why have you forsaken me? What about me? And this is what I have to do. That's narcissistic. If there was self love there, it would calm down. So what? It should be available to hear something deeper. So when does the self-love become pathologic? When is it physiologic? When you know that, um, do you know what? I'm okay. I'm actually okay. Judging people has no significance because when I judge others, I've realized that that's actually to, to bolster myself. It's kind of got a shade of arrogance in it and I'm bolstering myself. Okay, so, so you see through things because you know you're okay. And that's self-love. It's like, actually, I'm okay. Not because you've suppressed anything, not because you've denied anything, 
but that you're open and clear and you're not hiding from yourself. Job done. Job done. Right. And taking care of yourself will happen. Sometimes you lose it, and sometimes you get back on track, but taking care of yourself will happen. So this is a phenomenal prescription. It's not, a, it's not a deeper level prescription. No, it's a phenomenal prescription. So like a band-aid. No, it's not a band-aid. Because really, if you go to self-inquiry, you don't exist. You are just a bundle of thoughts. The I thought of who you are. There's emptiness yes. of the self. That's not so sustainable. So why, why are you aggrandizing something that's empty? It's not aggrandizing it. It's a tool for seeing that the ego can completely fall off if it has resolved itself. It has to mature, and the ego matures when it drops being neediness, needy. We can move to the non-dual and see that, but that's only an idea. That is a fantastic place to deny and hide, and no deeper understanding can come because, because there's energy still invested in the ego, and so your bandwidth isn't broad enough to go prior. So you'll keep forever between dual and non-dual, dual and non-dual, and nothing else will be accessible if there's anything at all denied on that level. My work is about pointing people to liberation. I'm not interested in bringing people to non-duality. It's to liberation. And it is so thorough. There can't be a grain of sand in your shoe. Not a grain of sand. Nothing. There has to be integrity and honesty at every level. Every level. Emptiness, emptiness, emptiness. Not just ignoring the ego because, because this non-dual perspective denies its existence. It's a, it exists somewhere. It exists somewhere. And that needs resolution. Everything needs resolution or you won't be done and you come back and do it again. So the technique you were describing, uh, so what, what did you mean by improving self-ego to self-worth, whatever have your self-capacity? Is that just by talking to yourself or is that by what tool works? Mm. What is the best prescription? So we know we established that that's the goal, to remove to remove judgmental mind or mind that criticizes others, the negative mind. Yeah. To go from a negative yeah. to a positive state. Yeah. Instead of saying no, saying yes. Yes. Right? So in practical terms, yes. if somebody has a low self-esteem, yes. or feel like their capacity is limited, yes. what would work for them? To find out if they're lovable and capable. But do you find that in the mirrors of others or in your own heart? But if you look inside, you're lovable. If, you're, you? if you have a ray of Brahman, like Quran said, you're a ray of the Lord, why would you not be lovable? Is it because that's an idea? Right. That's an idea. Is it felt and is it known? So is it lovable to yourself, to others, or to others? Oh, it's all about you. It's all of this path is narcissistic, if we want to use that term. It's about um. yourself. So if it's known or if it's just rational, are you using the rational mind to know it? Or is it known at a deeper level than, than reason? So one, what would be the bench, what would be like a, a, a litmus test of having sufficient self-love and capacity? Is that a feeling of happy, relaxed mind? That would happen, that's a consequence, yeah. So is there a diagnostic or litmus test that you have self-love and capacity? So you can discern for yourself where on the spectrum you stand, and then you can take the remedial steps. It's funny because I've said it about five or six ways and I'm not sure why I'm not communicating it. I 
don't know if I can find any other way of saying it. So there's some examples of like like you give Mother Teresa's example, examples of people who yeah. didn't have self love. Yeah. Versus people who had. So maybe that's yeah. like example by you know by Well confidence is in place. You're not needy. Neediness stops. So a whole level of desires fall down. Fall down. Self dialogue is not negative. There isn't much self-dialogue. It's not judgmental. It's not rooted in separation. The thinking mind goes down in volume and the working mind, it, you know, the, the, the practical mind is, is more of a guide than the thinking mind. Actions that come from trying to protect or preserve your self-image stop. No protection of your self-image happens at all. No action is taken around protecting your... What do they think of me? That stops completely. No investment is there uh, to, to, to bolster up the ego. We stop investing in the ego when self-love is in place. It doesn't have the power anymore to dictate your actions, you see. So you don't look into others for validation of your self-worth? It stops completely. You're pretty content in your own skin? Absolutely. Absolutely. Others are free to have their opinion. It's, you don't take anything personally. All personalization stops. Because if self-love is not in place, there's a deficit. And so we will look to others to, to fill that gap. That's what makes us needy. And so, well, Others are allowed to have their opinion and you won't take it personally. You see that that's their expression and that's totally fine. They're entitled to their expression, whether they like you or don't like you. If somebody likes you, it feels more harmonious, but really, that's all. It doesn't matter. They're entitled to their opinion. That's the first thing, you know? And it's just as valid as you. There's some people you like and don't like, and that's natural because you move towards some and away from others, you know? So eventually, did you get to a point where you, to quote the famous guru, Neem Gorli Baba, right here, Love all, serve all, remember God. That was his mantra. That's what Joe Ram does. He said, I don't have any, that's the only advice he gave. Yes. So then you just talked about maybe some don't like you, you don't like somebody. But yes. then that is, but you're supposed to love all. Now, this is a theoretical thing. Is that actually doable? And does, how does it happen? And serve all. Yeah, it happens organically when you see that they're all you, that it's all the same essence. It happens organically. Prior to that, it's like you're faking it till you make it. You're doing it because it's the right thing. It's a religious belief. It's, I get brownie points for doing what the guru said. You see? So that's fine. It's a way of controlling people or guiding them along a good path. They're not creating karma. They're burning up karma. It's doing a lot of good things. But when it really happens, love all, serve all, when it really happens, is, is, they're all you. It's all you. It's inevitable that you love all and serve all. It's inevitable. It's you helping you. It's you doing it for you. Self-talking to self, about self. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think one way, I think has described this, is going inward like the Vedantic way, going inside. Yeah. And then the Kashmir Shaivism way is to going out again, to serve, because then yes. the world is yourself. That's yes. when you love all, serve all. Yes. So I think what you're saying is uh, removing the sense of separateness. Okay. That's when that will spring forth. That's right. So, and the, your book talks about self-inquiry, 
a lot, a whole chapter devoted to it. Uh-huh. Is that pretty much the best way to get to it? To break the barriers in the separation sense? Or are there other meditations of There's bringing the sound inside? There's loads of things, Yeah, but I mean, there are, but... What works you for are you? a paradigm of, I mean, you give us hope that is doable. So what it's do you totally think will work doable. in the current way, in the current environment? What is, you know, instead of going through 2,000 medications and hitting on the right one, you know, you are, you are, you are a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> you are a subspecialist, super specialist. Do you want the pill? Do you want the pill, do you? <laughs> yes. I have a prescription for you. Yeah. He's a doctor. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you tell? Could you tell? I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so, is that a separate meditation for breaking down the barriers, a separateness? Or is that, is that a byproduct of self-inquiry? Is, is, is what? Removing the separateness. So you oh, just okay. love... Where, where are you on the path? Where, where are you on that spectrum? I don't know yet. I mean, I'm... Because that's, that's really... We, we, can't, we can't diagnose a prescription okay. until we see what the symptom is. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I've, I've thought about this a lot. And yeah. I mean, um, I've thought one time that really you need to know yourself first. And then you can, the, se- the, s- the separation will go away automatically. But there are some people who are masters, that are realized masters, who are saying that you can't really wait. You've got to do both simultaneously. Outside in and inside out. So I'm trying both out. Okay. Uh, struggling with it, not su- very successful. Okay. So I come to you for help. Okay. Yeah. So some techniques that will work for expanding your consciousness, yeah. so say universal consciousness, mm-hmm. and the visual is the worst barrier because we feel a separation. Audio a little bit less because we can feel like the sound is inside us, but visually it's hard to see. So uh, those are some of the te- techniques of Kashmir Saivism that I've read about. But is there something that has helped some of your uh, mm. students or... Mm. Or maybe you can do a guided meditation for us for a few minutes mm. like that, perhaps, just a thought. Mm. There's a meditation CD down there that would really help, okay. actually. That's okay. one thing. Um, what's the urgency, Shuman? What's the urgency? Yes. Life is dribbling away. Ah. Drip by drip. Okay. Like a faucet. Okay. Who knows what you're going to be next, but it could be a donkey. Yes. <laughs> no. then, then you don't have any discriminating power. Sure. Right? Sure. That's, I mean, many philosophers have said that this life is precious. Yes, sure. No. It is. It's beautiful, too. <coughs> the urgency isn't helping you. Because the urgency comes from the mind comes from a belief in linear time. And the more we drop in and relax, the more space there is for something to show itself. The, of course there is an urgency, but you've personalized the urgency. 
you it's in you, you feel the urgency in your life and you're looking at your time frame and you want to use your time well you've personalized it if we personalize anything we're in the densest part so so uh, you know grace is calling you home like the spiritual path is, is pulling you there's no doubt about that that's the only thing you're interested in as long as I know you but the urgency that you're feeling is, is, is an ego urgency it's a personal urgency I'd love to see you aligning with the divine timing rather than the personal timing because the urgency is a contracted state you see and, and, and that's tight it doesn't allow for the expansion and the openness that, that is necessary for realizations to show themselves So you, you might find that the urgency comes from an old story or it might be something that just drops. It's up to you to like feel like, okay, can I just trust that God won't forget me? Can you completely and totally trust that if it doesn't happen in this lifetime, that something is going to hold you and take care of you beyond this lifetime? Is there trust there? I have trust in uh, Bhagwan Maharshi. Okay. So if it's not to happen in this lifetime, do you trust that you'll still be taken care of, even if you're a donkey? Yeah. Okay. So can you drop the urgency? Yes. Okay. It's a bit of a jump off the cliff. But that kind of surrender is what's needed. You have to let it come to you. There's a grasping going on. That's That's... You know, driven by the personal urgency. Yeah. I'm transferring from material world the yeah. tendencies that I've successfully done yeah. into that world. It doesn't work. Well done. Different rules. Well spotted. Yeah. Different set of rules. The opposite, actually. The opposite. Everything turns on its flip, as you know, in the spiritual perspective. So all of the old white coat has to be thrown off, you know? All of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. One last question. Yeah. We talked about two or three things in the self-inquiry chapter. One is, where is the I coming from? Yeah. And the other one is, who am I? Yes. And sometimes I get confused because who am I is, are you, I mean, is that the negative way? Can I have, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not that. Versus just sitting there. Or where is the sound coming from? A mantra sound or what is, it's still not, that clear. Okay. So the who am I question was designed to eat up the one who's asking the question. Mm-hmm. Because who am I, there's no answer. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what happens is we arrive at a place of where there are no answers. So rational mind isn't there. Thinking mind isn't there. So it's a technique for just opening the door to where there's no mind. So who am I? It's simply that. If your mind is very outward focused, a great technique is that one, Nisadagadatha Maharaj. I'm not this, not this, neti neti, not this, not this, not this. This is not what I am. And what it does is it's breaking identification. You're nipping every potential identification in the bud. Nip, 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 cutting it anywhere. 
So we've got no identification, which is a similar thing actually to like pull out of the ego, pull out, stop the criticism, to self-love. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just coming out of a very different side, but it's the same thing. It's like, what's going to break identification? Not this, not this, not this. This breaks identification. And when identification is broken, something is not pulling into the density. It's not investing in duality. And if it's not investing in duality, it's going to naturally be freer to recede home. Recede back to where it came from. It's all about going back to where it came from. Where it arose from. And so even thoughts like, or techniques like, where is the next thought going to come from? Even that opens up a blank. Rational mind stops. Thinking mind stops. You see? So anything at all that opens up the gap to stop the thinking mind being in charge, to put it in its place, creating an opening so that that which is can show itself. Well, I think Maharaj has also used to recommend that ask yourself what you were like 100 years ago. Yeah. Who you were. Yeah. And his one of his theories was that you're an absolute and suddenly, whatever, six months after birth when you had, when you started developing, I am the thought of a separate self. Yes. And that will take you to that state. So, yes. It would unless you've done a lot of past life work. I can tell you exactly where I was a hundred years ago, but that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? So, <clears throat> with that exception, yeah. you know, you might actually know where you were a hundred years ago. <laughs> Well, assuming that that's not the case. Yeah, if that's not the case, <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. Where will you be in a hundred years ago, a hundred years' time? Even that. It's like, just go there. Go there. Okay. It's again creating that spaciousness of where just thoughts are not, are not vying for attention. It leaves an openness. And the more we do that, the more we neurologically start to not use the, the pathways that create maya. Different growth, neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. <clears throat> We've got to come at it every, every level, you know, it's all open to us, so it's like, okay, which way do you come at it? You know? Great. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Beautiful. Preston? I'm sorry, don't take your time, just making a note. out of this experience and um, okay they can't hear I want to get I want to get the most out of this experience here and then carry that with me what advice what what can I do here and as, as much as possible to what would what, what would be that to carry that and get the most out of this time that I could do. What's running for you? What point of perception is active? 
Well, right now it's talking to you. <laughs> and what's talking to me? Well, there, there are thoughts that are going on that are culminating and, and words are coming out of my mouth. Um, I, I, so are you asking kind of where, what my emotional state is and where my, my, what my mental state like is? where you're looking from. Is there a sense of this is just me, myself, I sitting here? Or, or is there a wider view and this is a part of what I am? This is the part of me that's manifesting in form that's talking. Usually it's just me, myself, I kind of walking around. Um, I have to work at breaking out of that. <coughs> I've been doing a lot of who am I and um, been having some, some success with that and for whatever manifestation it takes at the time. I've been trying to do that constantly, like literally all day long. Yes. And um, my work is suffering because it's a little bit, but yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, you, you, you have to balance that. You know, that's okay. Yeah, and I have to ask people to repeat themselves a lot. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Because they don't know in the background I'm saying, you know. Yes, yes. Who, who am I? And they're yes. talking. Yes. Um, and the asking of who am I, is it opening something? Or is it just like an endless mantra? A lot of times it's an endless mantra, mm. and I'm, but that's, that's kind of like what I got. And then sometimes I'll ask, you know, to whom does this come? You know, to whom does this come? And, and, and I'll go, okay. When I'm going throughout my day, it's the best I can do to almost just break the cycle and look, or I can even just be an observer and, and, and watch. Um, I recently... actually been able to see that I'm, I'm none of this. I actually, just in the last couple of days, it was just an awareness that I'm, that I'm actually none of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is. But it's not something I carry around with me a lot, right? Okay. I get very quiet and it takes time and it comes if it wants and then it happened just walking through the woods a minute ago, um, but that's not a common thing that I could just say. Like in the meditation earlier, um, you were talking a lot about going back, going back, and going back, and that was like, that was, they weren't even, the words weren't even going in. Yes. It sure. wasn't even going in. It was like I was just sitting there, I was calm, Yeah. but that, that wasn't happening. Yeah. Okay. So there's a crack sort of accessible at the moment. They're cracks. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're cracks. Okay. And you're talking about what is that thing? I'm not sure what that thing is for me yet. Um, what was I talking about a thing? <laughs> you said whatever that method is that gets you into... Oh, I see. Whatever you're... You know. Yeah, but you're saying you get still and the space for it and it might or it might not come. The I am none of this. Yeah, I mean, if I'd spend time getting real still, I can usually get there and, and see that. Okay. But it takes time. 
because normally I'm like, I got a hundred million things going on. I mean, there's, you know, we were talking a lot about the self judgment. Yeah. Uh, that's really big for me. Okay. Um, and consequently, I judge everyone else. Yeah. Intensely, and so I've been really kind of taking that in, and I think that's big because I mean we've talked before about how I, the mind just does not shut up, and. I take it very seriously. I know that that's a lie. Um, so I've been trying to tell it that it's a liar. Yes, <laughs> it's, a it's a liar. It's a liar, and so I've been trying to break that programming a lot, and then that's starting to, it's starting to crack, but it's a very strong program. Well done. Okay, starting to crack. Good. All right. Okay. When you talk about it, you've got more enthusiasm about breaking the busy mind, then it takes time, mind is very busy, uh, you know, da, da, da. it's almost like this. The, let's use the busyness to tackle the mind. We're using the mind to break down the mind because stepping back, stepping back and, and, and opening the space, it's almost like you're too speedy for it or something as yet. Do you know? I'm not following you. Mm, okay. I'm I'm tying between whether whether the the whether we work on expanding the route to that glimpse, or or whether we use the mind to to yes, absolutely. That's what we do. That's what we do. Okay, it's got much more resonance. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. when you were talking about you know the, the gentleman that was up here before. Well, why are you? I forget what you asked. What? Like, why are you here? What motivates you? What is why is it so, why do you have to have it now? And I was thinking, for me, the now, and it's very powerful, is because I'm freaking miserable. Yes. You know, and yes. fucking life sucks, right? Yes. And, yes. And, it, and yet it doesn't, but it feels like, I feel like I'm just being ripped apart. And, and that's the urgency, and it's like, it's got to stop, you know. And it's the mind that's just causing all that, and I can see that. Yes. But just seeing it isn't... It doesn't yes. remove the personal attachment to it for yes. some reason. Yes. Hasn't. So what do you do when you see it? I mean, I can watch it. I watch it. I see it going on. I see the thoughts. Yeah. I'm observing everything taking place. Yeah. I've been to lots of counseling. I mean, sure. <laughs> you know, for, for no shortage of, of methods. And I... It still resonates as true. Does it? Yeah. You're still I, invested in it, even though you're observing it. I can I can observe it, and it still says, you know, that's true. It's it feel that's it. It feels true. Like I know that that's a lie, but it feels true. Huh. And and it, it it I feel it like right here, and it's like if there's one thing you can believe, it's this. You know, it's your heart. Rah, you know, you got to believe your feelings, and I'm like, you know what? They're fucking lying too. They're lying too. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, what can you trust? And it's ultimately nothing other than yes. silence. Yes. Because everything else is just lying to me. Yes. And so I don't know what to do other than nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very helpful. Huh. 
So my mantra is, not mantra, but my, my process has been, mind you're a liar in absolutely everything. Yes. My feelings, you're a liar. It doesn't yes. matter if they're good, it doesn't matter if they're bad. Yes. Um, Does that work? It's creating cracks. Good. But uh, yeah, I have to say that's pretty good because yeah, that is good. That's, it's been a long time coming. And it's uh, okay. these are pretty, pretty profound uh, loops, like you call them, yeah. strong loops that have been yeah. running for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, changing habits of a lifetime. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever think of like ayahuasca or something? Yes, I think about that a lot. Yeah. And my, I want to do it so bad. My problem is I, you know, I'm an addict and an alcoholic, and uh, I'm afraid of what might come about if I do that. I mean, I know it's medicinal. Yeah. But it's hallucinogenic, and but I, I would, I would, you know, it is on the consideration. Yes. Block. I don't think I've ever known. Okay, those with addictive personalities. I mean, I get addicted to shirts and clothes. You know, yeah, you like just I'll you wear can the same thing. One thing to the next, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm over dramatizing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know, but you can. You've got yeah, that addictive I mean, thing. I'll eat the same thing all the time. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, like three or four different things. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of. Sameness, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, they're the same thought, same thought, same thought. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, and I'm, I'm very much into extremes, you know, and yeah. I'm an extremist. Yeah. I'm either into something or I'm not, and, uh... Yeah. That's torture. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Sometimes it's has should proven decent. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. Good. It got me here. Yes, you're here. Yeah. Yeah. The tenacity that you have will really help you, but but you know it's got you into the mess and it's going to get you out of the mess. Like. That's kind of the, the flip side of the same coin, you know? Well, I feel like the tenacity is also causing me pain. Yeah, of course. Because it's, it's like, i got to have this oh, now. Oh, it's and, tight. Like, yeah, it's tight. You know, yeah. if I can just meditate for 18 hours today for the next four years, then I'll definitely yeah. feel better, right? No, not necessarily. Right, just I just have yeah. the, uh, an interesting experience behind you, you know? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't really work like that. Yeah, that drivenness, it will get worn down at some point, but I'm inclined to go with it for now and let it be a tool. But, but eventually, yeah, you'll have to change your pace and you'll have to deal with the, you know, the, the rigidity that comes from the addictive nature. All of that is going to get hammered. I think ayahuasca would be great for you. <laughs> and it, 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 I've never heard of it introducing people back into a substance that's not plant medicine. 
sure, if you get into plant medicine and you do loads of it for a few years, you know what, it's only going to help you. And you'll know, okay, it's done, it's done, it's done, it's dry, it's done, you know? But I think it would just open, open some limitations that, have, that are pretty rigid in there. I think it would just like blast open something. It's going to take you a long time without some intervention. Because, because if, you know, you've, you've been following the same, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like a, you know, those scratches and those vinyl records, you know? You've, like, you've got a few deep furrows in there of kind of persistent, deep, repetitive thinking. And an int- some kind of intervention could just, just pull you out of that to give you a break, just to give you a break, you know? I would do it if I were you. I would do it and just say, all right, go and go into like whatever, five days of where there's three ceremonies with a shaman that you have checked out who knows authentic. Put yourself into neutral. All right. Blast away, blast away this, you know, this, you know, addictive track, this, this busy mind, the, the, believing my feelings you know just blast that out show me the truth of it pick one theme like that and go in with that intention just like okay this is what I'm putting on the table after that do what you want with me and that level of surrender fear is going to come up for you because fear is driving an awful lot of what you're doing and that could be a good way for you to find fear and let it have you. And if you don't fight fear, it flows through. It flows through. But we contract and we're, then we're dancing with it. Whereas if there's absolutely no resistance to fear, it goes. It goes. But fear is what's going to change it. So I'm like, what's going to bring up fear? What's going to make you find the, the taproot that's underneath all these little patterns? And it's fear of, I don't know, having no control or losing them. I don't know what it is. It could be anything. Fear will attach to anything. It's like the addiction will attach to shirts or food or thinking or whatever it is. Okay. You see, you're going to have fear towards whatever it is that's going to help annihilate the fear. And as long as you're obeying fear, fear is in charge. So if you're fearful of taking ayahuasca, that's the very reason to do it. At some point, you're going to have to face the fear. I'm, I'm fearful of... Uh, I'm, wow. <laughs> I'm fearful of the repercussions of uh, the community within AA. There's a lot of pride there too, I think. Um, you know, I've been sober almost I mean, close to nine years now. It's uh, effectively starting over you know, within AA. But I guess, I guess that's, uh, sanity is worth it. It's medicine. I don't see it as a 
I don't see it in that category at all. Yes, sanity is worth it. And if it means losing your pride and your identity in there, great. Great, go back to the bottom of the barrel again and you'll learn more from that than building your cred. Yeah. That's true. But it's, it's medicine. It heals your nervous system, it heals your brain. It's like... You know one of the things that happened to me when I, when I did the, went into the ayahuasca phase of it? I revisited every bad trip I ever had and had a lot of bad trips. Like mushrooms and acid and all kinds of mixtures of well, soft stuff. Well, a lot of ayahuasca to do that, but... Uh, well, went around the block. Sure, sure, of course, look, yeah. And it's amazing, it's just like, oh my God, another one, another one. It's just like, oh my God, as I spent the evening vomiting, vomiting, I was, I was puking out all the bad trips, all the bad images. It's like stuff that I, you know, that, you, you know the way you, you only remember the bad trip the next time you're, you're, you're wasted, you, you know? And it's like, then yeah, you can yeah, feel it. Yeah, not this one again. Yeah, 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 yeah. crazy stuff. So, yeah, but it, it, it's such an antidote to the addictive nature. It's such an antidote. It's a beautiful medicine, you know? It doesn't add to it. It cleans it up. It cleans it up. Let it sit and see what else. And, you know, it might be that, that some breakthrough will come from literally kind of saying, actually, I'm going to take ayahuasca. And, and that can actually dissolve the pride, the fear. So you might actually have to take it. Sometimes just allowing yourself to have the idea of it is what's needed. You know? Some kind of intervention to pull you up would be really helpful. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. yeah. So between now and then, yes. What at this space here? Yes. So this evening, work out where you sit with it, with plant medicine. Okay. Okay. Work out where you sit with that. Do you know what's fantastic plant medicine as well? And it's not here that much. I don't know where you'd find it. Um, is San Pedro. And what it is 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 okay. It's a cactus. And it, it's set up in a very specific way. Well, every ritual is, really. So there's a fire in, in the center, and then there's maybe a, a parameter around that, and then there's a fence set up, like driving poles and putting up chicken wire, you know? Or if, I don't know if you call it chicken wire, but that crisscrossy wire, um, around this corral. And you, you walk until, like, until the sun goes down, till 4 a.m. And at the first suggestion of dawn, you walk in the opposite direction. So you're unwinding, 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 processing, releasing, and it's rough. And then it changes, and you go the opposite direction, and you're drawing in, and pulling in, and reconnecting. Just to keep your ear open for that one. That one would be very good for you, too. Okay. It's called San Pedro. Either of those medicines. I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's, 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 and if it, it has to be done that way, that's the, that's the most profound way that I've ever heard of it being done. It's really potent stuff. Um, because the integration is really good, you see? And especially if there's an addictive personality, like it, it, it doesn't leave you lacking in the morning or, or it doesn't leave you... It, there's much more integration involved. So you come out more complete. That, that's why I'm pointing in that direction. 
Okay, so that's the first thing, see how you sit with plant medicines and what it brings up. I'd love to see you unearthing fear. What do you mean by that? Yeah, for you to really, really investigate inside the nature of fear. Like you can be afraid of alcohol or you can just say, actually, that's just something that doesn't work for me. And I do this to help, to, I go to AA to remind me that it doesn't work for me. I just, I just need to touch into that. Just, and everything can get softer. I'd love to see things getting softer for you. Just softer. So if you explore the fear and how fear makes sense to you and how it is being used to hold things together for you. I, I think the majority of my life is run by fear. I think that, I mean, I'm at my job because I fear not being at a job. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to just quit my job and do nothing for a long period of time. Yeah. But can there's you, a lot of fear around that. Can you afford to do that? I could. There's an interesting thing to play with. I would, and it, it's, it's in the plan. But yeah. it's been in the hopper for a while. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <coughs> sure. So, so that's that's one. Okay. Um, I I have a lot of doubt. You know, I doubt. Like I said, these emotions come up, and then I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'm ever doing the right thing for the right reasons. I have very very low clarity in and what the decisions are. Uh -huh. um, so I fear making the wrong decision and therefore yes. I am in a lot of stalemate. Yes. Because I don't, I don't feel like there's clarity in uh, the majority of the important things that I deem important, relationships and work. And outside of that, it's just spiritual work and it's really just it's the only things that I do. Yes. What would your life look like if it wasn't motivated by fear? Not motivated by fear such that I run with what my ego wants me to do? No, something a little <laughs> bit deeper. So I, what you really are knows how to live your life beautifully. And that's why I'm here. Uh-huh. That's why I'm here. That's what I want. Yes. Yes. I want to not be run by fear, and I want that to run my life. Yes. Yes. And maybe it's running your life actually, but that fear is owning every decision, every move. Fear is interpreting everything. It is. I mean, I just you know that fear is interpreting everything. What's going on there underneath them? Well, I understand. My, well, my understanding is everything's predestined, so it's, it's got to all be happening by plan anyway, but there's just an interpreter running on top that makes me... Yes. It's just changing the color of the whole painting, you know? Fear is up. 
so the suggestion there would be it's like it's your friend you know it's like you need it to guide you you're so familiar with it it's your reference point mm. <clears throat> I'm getting something from it yeah, yeah. Mm. it keeps me in the familiar for sure me from having to make change. Mm-hmm. So do I then just go run out and embrace all the change possible? That doesn't seem... So if fear wasn't motivating you, if fear wasn't your reference point in order to make a decision, so if you weren't afraid of taking six months off, would any other thing stop you from making that decision? What comes up is common sense, but... I, okay, <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, maybe a good job. You know, all the things that everybody tells you. Uh-huh. Yes, but... Spiritual sense? My heart wants me to take the time off and just be still. And I don't know if that's me running from everything and being still is the only place that I have peace. Or am I running to something? And for a long time, I was running from something. Yeah. Now it feels like there's a space where I could be moving towards something, but I'm not sure. I mean, it, at least I don't feel like I'm running from something. Yes. Good. Anything drastic is going to help you. Whether it's leaving the job or doing plant medicine or something drastic is going to help because it will fly in the face of that which is running your life. Okay. We need you to fly in the face of fear. Whatever way it's going to be, something, something needs to just do the opposite so that fear doesn't have power. Me and Walter Mitty. Walter Mitty, I've never read Walter Mitty. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's lost optimist, a male right? Uh, the Secret Life of Walter. I think it's Walter Mitty. Yeah. I never saw the movie, but yeah, book. book. Yes, it's a book, isn't it? Yes. I never yeah. read it, but it, the preview seemed fitting. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody recommended I should go watch that movie. All right. Anyway, anyway, I digress. I apologize. It's okay. You might have time to check it out soon. <laughs> <laughs> like you're bursting to get out Thurston you're bursting to get I, out uh, you're uh, bursting something uh, yeah yeah you're bursting sure. if you don't take a step something will happen like you break a leg or you, it'll come out through your body it'll come out through your body where you'll have to stop it has been coming out through my body for a long time ah, okay let's if that route has started let's nip it okay let's nip it you don't, you don't need life to do something dramatic to make it happen. Take the initiative. Fly in the face of fear. Okay. Is there more fear quitting your job or taking plant medicine? Which one is more loaded? Oh, my cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you want your left arm or your right arm? <laughs> 
green pill or red pill? Um, wow. Mm. I'd have to say ayahuasca is more scary. Okay. Could you do both? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to write with no hands. <laughs> I mean, yes, any, anything, is, anything is possible. I could, I could do both. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it amazing how the idea of something... The, we're, not, we're just sitting down talking. But the idea... The idea is giving him hot flashes. <laughs> that's my BMS I was talking about. Yes, that's right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which Just, I wasn't kidding, kidding about either. Okay. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's a contraction there that's 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 about to snap, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to snap in a safe way. You know, so that you can use it to spiritually grow, not to fall apart. Because you could fall apart. You could. So let's do something proactive about it. Good. Okay. All right, so while I'm here, just want to yes. wrap up with <laughs> yes. yes. So I think about the fear thing. Make a list of um, if I were to live without fear so that you can really get to know it better. Get to know what, what does it make me do? What am I gaining out of it? I, I, yeah, get a list for yourself of what do I gain out of being friends with fear, using it as my my benchmark, my monitor, my, my safeguard, my, my, my crutch. Make a list of that so that you really know, I'm going to lose all these because your relationship with fear has to change. That's where we go. But I'd like to see how you get on. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready actually to live without these crutches? Whatever it is that fear gives you. Mm-hmm. You see? So that we can begin to see how it would feel, how it would look without fear. And then you step into that. So let's demystify fear a bit, and 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 you'll know it's like well, well, what 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 would be the absolute antithesis of of all of these? And you literally take that step in your life, make a change happen, make a change happen. We've got two options at the moment, and both are pretty big. <laughs> it's a matter of which one, or is it both? Might as well do both of them. You could do both of them, yeah. You could do both of them. You could. So do a piece of work because I'd love to. You're here tomorrow. You're here. I'm here for the rest of it. For the rest of it. Okay, perfect. That's great. Some people are in and out. I forgot. So I'm gonna. I'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, I'd. I'd love to hear you tell me what you learned out of that list of what am I getting out of <coughs> being friends with fear, and and what do you see there, and what is that pattern. And can it go? Thank you. Yeah, sure. 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 Okay. We have 10 minutes. Anybody got a quickie? Yeah, let, let's go over here. Just in terms of the sequence, who's up last? Hi, Andy. I didn't know you know my name. 
Hmm? I didn't know you knew my name. Somebody referred to you the other day up here, so it, it registered. I'm sure I'll forget it again, because <laughs> I do that all the time, so. Um, so after we had... Uh, after we had, uh, whatever, yesterday, exchanged, um, I went and I was meditating and I felt this... Um, it's like an upwelling of uh, darkness, but it was um, just to just it was warm, dense, but but it felt good. But um, it felt like it. Uh, I guess I'm checking in because it's. At first, I thought it was some it. It felt almost energetic, like something that had been, like something related to the fear, maybe. Like it was, something was just being released. Um, so it felt good that it was releasing, and I kept trying to kind of continually keep, you know, bringing it up, but, you know, using the word darkness and bringing it up. Um, I don't know exactly. My question is, I just I didn't quite understand it totally. In thinking about it today, maybe I don't need to understand it. Um, it seemed like it was uh, some sort of baseline, like a way for unconscious energies just to kind of come up. Good. Um, Did it leave you? came up and it was sensed. Did it, did it break up, dissolve? Uh, part of me, th I'm not sure if I wanted to leave. Ah! Because, mm. because it, I've, I felt peculiarly, like, uh, more difficult accessing a sense of... I did an ayahuasca session right before I came here. Uh -huh. And I was really questioning whether I should have, because I felt like I'm really... I've done a lot of ayahuasca over the, the last year, and I felt like, okay, it's enough. But I was like, okay, let's do, I was like forcing my will. It's interesting, I was kind of praying, like, should I do another one? And I was like, okay, I was literally about to do it. And then like, the gentleman I'm going to be working for called me up right, and he's like, you got to get you to go here. And then oh. I'm like, okay. Then I, I got, an, I, I set up to do another one, and like the power went out on Monday night, and uh -huh. I, I got it fixed. <laughs> and I did it. Um, I guess my point is that I felt quite, very cleared out, but very empty, like I was saying, quite uncomfortable, not sh sure how to kind of access the openings into um, what's beyond the mind, which has been something that... Um, so uh, part of me is I, I want to keep having this darkness well up, but it seems to be going away and kind of back in, a little bit back in the place of... Um, just where the ego is like, I don't know where I am right now. It feels a little uncomfortable. Um, it's great to have no reference point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, why I'm been I was attracted to to your teachings and pointings because it really. I I was listening to other ones, you know, Muji, which I love, but it was very comfortable. It was. It was uh, but when I listened to you, it, was like it, it scared me a little bit. Yeah. And I yeah. like that. And it kind, of, it kind of woke me up into the, like, the who am I question was a little dead for me. Okay. When I, when, when I first listened to you, it kind of opened me up into a space that was 
like a resonance that somehow was wasn't I, I was able to put away with some of um, maybe different types of way of expressing it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just I, what what it, what do you think that this darkness is? Is it the un is it is it the unconscious mind that that I'm accessing, or is it pointing? That is which beyond the, is beyond the mind. It feels energetic because it's it feels energetic. thick and dense, yeah. but warm and good. It, it feels like it's like there's like an ooze that needed to be released. Up. Yes, it feels like something is released. I'm wondering though why. I'm not sure what the specific is, but yeah. it, it's something that needed to come up and dissipate and dissolve. But I'm interested in the fact that you want it again. Is that because you like the experience, or you feel it, like something is happening? Or? It, it helped me feel like pr- present, even though it was. It helped me feel like I'm here, uh, but like there's something to grab onto a little bit. Um, would you know this path is about letting go? I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and I did have kind of when um, for a while, uh, like. The word perception and the word consciousness, I really didn't in the beginning. That like really difficult words, it just like, like. Uh, yeah. But, and when I heard you talk about perception the first night, um, I, I don't like that word. Uh, it feels like duality. I, I don't like it. And I think like Thurston was saying, when you were talking about going back the first night, I was like, <laughs> I don't. Know. It's not. I don't know. Just there. It wasn't a possibility. But I did have that today. I felt I could feel. <coughs> The going back yes. and the opening, and just even for like three seconds, yes. I felt like wow. Any crack is fantastic because it's yeah. it was just a, the the any sense of conflict left, and I was just here, and so yeah, I don't know. Okay. So pure perception seems to be um, something that there is a crack with that right now. Yes, good, good. Yeah. Does the phrase a wider view? line up with that crack, the pure perception? I guess wider view is hard for me because it feels like something that, uh, an idea that I'm posing. Okay. Like, I'm just moving back in the matrix. Aha. Yeah. Ah. Because my view, something would open up for me in a session that I had was like just seeing that this which was actually quite scary. Actually, I want to talk. This whole universe, everything, was just an idea, and it was came in. It came out and came out, and yes. it was and it's over. Yes. And every identity, everything, all of it is just a thought. Yes. And but it wasn't. And waking and I was shaking and everything was coming yes. out. And it was. It was. It was like in. The, it kind of the image came up like wake up in the matrix. It wasn't a good dream for me. It was a. It was a bad thing that happened Gosh. Um, and waking up into the stillness I, I still kind of view I was kind of seeing the stillness but I wasn't quite there and then I had to kind of say okay I'm, I'm this might be true but I this is just an, a vision of something right now so I'm not this I'm just I am the, the consciousness itself which helped me get back but in processing that I don't know why I brought this up other, okay. other than um, it was somehow connected to what we were 
Why do oh, that, that, so I'm always kind of, anything that has to do with directions. I'm like, well, there is no direction. Ah, this okay. is all just ideas ah, anyway. Yes, yes, there is no direction. And there's yeah. no spatial thing either. I, I just play with that. Cause, yeah, no, cause it's, it's very, so, but getting over, there. getting over my resistance, there's no direct back and forth. It's just, why don't you just play with it and try to go back? Yes. And then it was like, oh, okay. okay. So this yes. kind of did not, I was like, there is no direction, but, but yes. on some level, you very much know on you're some living level in directions. You know? Fantastic. Okay, I, I see. I see it. Okay, so so the direction thing is really good for literally your brain, literally, yeah. because with awakening, a part of your brain switches off. You know, the default mode network, a, a network of neurology switches off. That's the change that happens with yeah. awakening. All right, and it's promoted when you activate the parts of your brain that will do the major functioning instead of the self-referencing. Yeah. So when we move back, you literally are activating something. A different part of your neurology. Yeah. So I, I'm really addressing the physiology. That's why it's going back, yeah. and it kind of feels like it's in the back of your head. Yeah, it feels that way, and it's actually, yeah. it's actually like I was sitting over here. I was like, "This is kind of available for me, but because I've had this idea, it doesn't matter. I stay in the kind of comfortable ah. reference point, which it. But so just to try to. Yeah, yeah. There is a direction in your brain. Of course, there's yeah. a direction. There's a physical yeah. brain here. It has a direction. So. So it's good from that point of view. But you're so right from the other perspective. There is no space. There is no direction. There's no linear time. Of course. But that's only valid in that zone, from that yeah. viewpoint. Yeah. You know? And, and, and that's now an experience in the past. And maybe you've access to it or not. But we've got all these other layers that, yeah. that, that really need to be just known and transcended. Transcended yeah. so that the end of the line is, what's, is, is the blank screen that you operate from. Yeah. You know? Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Don't attach to that, that energy that was moving. Don't look for it. Don't attach to it. Whatever comes, it comes, it goes, gone. Yeah. Don't look for an experience, you know? Be more open than that. When we're looking for something, we're in desire mode and we're tight and not a lot can happen. It's about being so available. there is for you to find the, the, the back inside your head whatever word is comfortable for you use it a lot like tonight tonight tomorrow yeah night. it's good and I can just translate it I mean I don't have to say there's no directions directions are symbols for my mind yes they're symbols yeah. for the mind yes so I can yes. embrace the symbols yes great yeah. great yeah yeah so like you know the symbol of that arrow. What, what, what about the sense? Is there a sense of stopping the symbol of my consciousness being up here and and letting it come down here, or am I trying? Is that no? It's in your head because okay. it's, it's it's neurology is the okay. The heart center is kind of the emotions being clear and things being embodied and making sense and getting it grounded again. Okay. But right now we're talking about a shift in where perceiving is coming from, a shift in your viewing point. Yeah. And that's neurology. So that's up in the head. Okay. That's up in the head. But then we integrate it, and it, somehow it seems to plop into the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to, the head thing is activating for you, so let's stay with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
good for a shift in the brain, literally. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Mary, are you okay? It's just five o'clock. Are you okay in the morning or do you need oh, yeah. it? No, no, no. Are you no, sure? No, I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure. I might even find the answer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd ask you for pointers if you know, sure. I had a short one. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right.